Shut up and sit down. So I become kind of famous for my signature catchphrase, Whammy! You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Do you know what is the hardest part of learning to ride a bike? The pavement. I'm all about having fun. Maybe go to SeaWorld, take my pants off. Why don't you stop talking for a while? Maybe sit the next couple plays out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm gonna quit saying things when they crop up there. The old skull, huh? The mall is now reducing Black Friday prices to 96% off to the first hundred people inside the mall. <laughs> this is gonna be a f***ing bloodbath, Tom. There will be medical tents, ambulances, face painting. No doubt a lot of people you know and love are going to die. Hi, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering. I'm here with Evan Price. How's it going, everybody? I don't have any drink yet. Oh, do you need something? I'll probably go grab something here in a second. I'll I'll pretend like I'm listening to Matt's intro and just go grab something super quick. Yeah, that's an easy one to skip, dude. It's it's an easy (laughs) one. Oh, then never mind. Here we go. Kirkland, our, our former sponsor, just tossed a grapefruit right in front of me. Calorie free, sodium free, sweetener free grapefruit essence sparkling water with other natural flavors what are you drinking matt uh coffee is the uh poison of choice whoa caffeinated no okay (laughs) i've been i've been on decaf for quite a while now so so. just drinking brown water yep you've been going no caffeine for a while when did that happen i've been having lots of sensitivity to caffeine i don't know i got issues you've been off the caffeine for a while like yeah, it probably over a year. Yeah, I was gonna say over a year, if I'm not mistaken. Crazy. Yeah. Awesome. And that voice you hear right there, that's Matt Legrand. Hey, Matt. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking travel-tastic. Hope you guys are not traveling for the holidays. How about you, Lance? What? Can you hear me? I'm not in a good spot. <laughs> Oh. As we hope that you're not traveling for the holidays, Lance is driving somewhere right now. <laughs> Last but not least, I am, Lance I am Hepler. Currently driving. Hey, it's Lance Romance trying to uh, trying to jump on this podcast while I'm driving to Arizona or somewhere. I'm not sure where I'm headed. I'm that, in the back country of Utah and and, and got the dog. Whoa. Is he making that with his actual voice? That almost sounded like he was trying to pretend like he's breaking up there and he like extended the and out a little bit longer. <laughs> Hopefully we keep Hep around for a little bit. If he drops out, I'm sure he'll try and call back. If not, it'll just be the three of us for today. Lance, you still there? And it's just the three of us today. And he is all frozen on <laughs> Skype. He is frozen. <laughs> yes, sir. Cool. Let's um let's jump into some backpilling. Mr. Price. How's your week been, bud? Um, busy, uh, clinics busy during the holidays. That's just how it usually is. And yeah, that's about it. That's really all I got. We, we can hope that Matt, Matt, I hope has like a really fun, like family Thanksgiving sort of like backpedal. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all that I got. Uh, I skateboarded for about five more minutes this week. 
nice. Whoa. How's the skateboarding coming along? You know, after really long runs and hard track workouts, I will admit the skateboarding becomes significantly harder. So uh, my my kind of what what they would call your pop in skateboarding or that that when you when you hit the back lip and you go into an ollie as they call it. Matt knows all about this because you know all of his kids now are, are hardcore skateboarders. But um, that that is not as easy as I remember it being when I was 12 years old. I will admit, 16 years away from the sport, you would think that it would just come back like that, but it does not. So are you incorporating this into your triathlon training? I kind of am. I'm trying to put in as much skateboarding volume as as I would swimming recently, which is so, basically not. not so much. that's yeah, which is which is virtually non-existent. So. Matt, how about you? Um, yeah, I did a lot of stuff. I guess we we all I well, I shouldn't say we all. We finished out that 100 um rides in 100 days. That was on Thanksgiving Day. The dial 100 and, wrapped uh, up on Thanksgiving. Yep. I went deep on like a like a, you know, just like an hour workout, but I went hard and my I felt like my heart was going to stop. It was quite painful. I've been doing that many workouts. Remember my whole like strategy for this whole like 100 day thing was like don't do anything hard, do everything easy, just make it through the 100 days. But then at the end of it, right? You can just go hard because why not? And uh so I did and that hurt a little bit, but um, I also have swam a couple times. I swam, I think twice this week. Uh, and then I've also run a couple of times. Um, Evan will be interested in this. I've been cutting the back of my shoe off. I cut that a little bit wider. How'd I that think go? that's helping. That's good. Did, uh, were, were you able to find that, that Dr. Scholl's just like, just gel insert for the heel? No, I'm not using a gel insert or anything like that. I'm just, um, just trying to just make sure off. that there's no rubbing on the back of the heel with that. Just having the heel cut off. Mm-hmm. We did like a we we do something like this all the time where we have like our neighborhood and we go for a run. And we did um, a turkey trot, a 5K turkey trot right from our neighborhood. And we raised money for this share organization, which is um, like this kind of homeless shelter. That's really so all cool. families did that. I ran with Sam. So it was like running and walking. So that was really good for me. Uh, and then the other run that I did was um, at cross-country practice with the Camus cross-country team. And uh, I ran a little bit. You know, I'm testing all these watches. And so um, I wanted to check out GPS accuracy, heart rate accuracy, uh, stuff like that. So track mode for some of the Garmin stuff. So, how how did Ethan do? Did he, did he try and run fast during his turkey trot? No. You know, he's cautious. He's like, I'm going to be careful – and, you know, it's a 5K for him that's long. He's that's thinking, long like, i got to pace right, yeah. myself. So he's way more cautious than most kids I know about stuff like that. Uh, when he does his, like, every day he does a mile, he's way less cautious. He'll, like, go hard and sprint and stuff like that. But he'll be 5K, a, he's worried about it. He so. will be a wonderful 8K or one day. He'll know how to pace himself. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. The uh, other thing that I did yesterday was – no, I think – I don't know if I – maybe just one. I did another mountain bike ride with uh lance's old bike and that was fun i'm trying harder trails and stuff like that and uh it's pretty it's pretty interesting i'm liking it what are you finding to be the biggest challenge with the mountain bike um well a couple things i'm not super confident going over anything like difficult um there's there's you know so like uphill rocky stuff like where it's like 
roots and uphill rock stuff and it's like i'm going up and i just get kind of like stuck right yeah um so that's probably the most challenging thing there's awesome trails close by so i don't feel like i'm having a hard time finding stuff uh and i don't want to do anything super challenging at this point just i'd rather like have things be fun and enjoyable and kind of continue to you know just get out there and kind of take advantage of the weather um when it's decent uh and i don't want to mess up any trails that i think are hard and i don't want to go on any spot where i think i could hurt myself i guess any of these spots right where it's like you you hit something and you step off and then then you slip that's when you you know you yeah tear an acl or whatever it is like that's the kind of stuff that i'm trying to be careful of but you can't really if you're going to challenge yourself and try and do some more difficult trails then there's going to be a risk so um, that's where I am. I'm hanging out behind round Lake and there's just cool trails back there. Yeah. So a couple things that you alluded to is, um, the, the trails this time of year, when they get wet and sloppy, yeah. you do want to stay off the more sensitive trails. So good on you for doing that. The other thing is you, you mentioned that it's a bit of a challenge for you to get up and over some of those roots in the rocks. Don't get discouraged about that, especially this time of year, because those things get wet. And even for the most right. skilled rider, those can be pretty difficult to get over. So um, just keep you know doing your thing, and eventually it's going to dry out, and you're going to hit those things, and you're like, oh, okay, I can go right over this. Yeah, on on yeah. Saturday, Matt, I, I was even having problems. We uh, uh, I went hiking at Round Lake, um, and I tried to find Woodburn's Falls because I'd never been down to Woodburn before. Oh, yeah, okay. Which is uh, – Round Lake, for anybody listening to this, is this really cool, dense, connected um, uh, trail system that just kind of weaves in and out of these lakes that we have around Lacamas Lake uh, in Camas, Washington. And there's these really cool falls in the area. And this time of year, the falls are pretty pretty big and pretty cool. They're flowing. Yeah, they're, they're flowing strong. And I've never been down to Woodburn because you kind of have to, like – no, you know, you you got to follow the signs and get deep into the, the the woods to find Woodburn Falls. And Matt, I don't blame you. Like me, just getting down there, even with just my running shoes, was like it was basically skiing downhill at times. You were just like hoping that you weren't going to fall over into the mud. So yeah, yeah. So that trail, so, I some of those single track are brutal. I probably will continue to avoid that trail for a long time because it is a harder trail. And then there's some other trails that you know, like all the mountain bikers have different names for it, but we used to call it like the washout trail because it gets washed out all the time. And so it's like. This is the time for mountain bikers to avoid those trails because you're going to destroy the trails and it's going to be hard for the people that maintain the trails to kind of take care of those trails in the future. And so typically, if it's at all rainy, you kind of want to stick to more packed trails, which there are some options. So yeah. Yeah. I haven't had too much difficulty finding trails that are in good condition. So so I, I, I got an idea for a race between you and me, Matt. It was from okay. Reese and Lucy Charles, uh, uh, Lu- Lucy Charles Barkley's most recent YouTube video. For any of our, our YouTube triathletes listening to this, it's a funny video where Reese is doing hill repeats. And him and Lucy decide that Lucy hops on her mountain bike and she's going to race him up the hill while he's running. And it actually ended up being a shockingly closer match than you would think it would be. It was almost a photo finish. Um, I actually did that in a cross-country practice. I had the team do hill repeats. And this is on the road. Uh, and I had yeah. my road bike. And it's a you know the pitch was decent enough and those kids are fast enough that I had to put out over 400 watts to keep up with them you know, on my road bike next to them while they're doing their hill repeats. So I think it's, it's surprising, like on a mountain bike, I'm looking at the times from these, you know, couple of trips out on the mountain bike, they're slow as anything. Like I really do run, or I used to run faster than these, you know, it's like you go for five miles and it's like 35 minutes. I'm like, Oh, I could have easily run that uh, back in the day. Right. Like these times are not that fast. So, um, 
especially with me falling off the bike every now and then. So I think I think we need to take that that hill, that Lackamas Lane hill, and do a funny YouTube video with us. Right, that is a steep. That'd be a gradient. I'd actually almost rather run up than bike up. It'll be easier to run up in certain ways, but I still think you think the bike's got term, it. I can beat you on the bike, but we'll find out. I'd we'll put my odds on you, but we should do it. Yeah, it'd be fun. I'll blow. I'll blow up my Achilles going for it. So, yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> fun, cool. Anything else? Um, I think that's it. I think uh, you know, lots of fun like camera stuff I've been playing with this week. Um, yeah, you have I'm an awesome YouTube for, video. Out there. Uh, you know, just the next couple weeks because there's a lot of fun videos to put out. Cool. Yeah, Matt's Matt's being too humble there. He was just on an interview with, um, oh, yeah. uh, what's his name again? Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Clayton. Ryan Clayton before, bet, yeah. um, mm-hmm. his uh, YouTube channel, and he does a lot of ultra running stuff. Uh, but he actually has a triathlon background, and so we talked about triathlon. We talked about YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was a good interview. Yeah. Did you get a bump in subscribers from that? No, I actually didn't. I thought I might get a little uptick, um, but it stayed pretty steady. Um, what are we at now? In fact, things are kind of slow right now, and I think a lot of it's like there's no races. There's not people, you know, they're not really in need of like there, – there's no – you know, you'll get an uptick if you see like new products and things like that. So when Garmin announced like that Garmin 745, you see a bump there, people talking about that product. Uh, but um, right now I haven't seen much of an uptick in traffic. Uh, again, I'm hoping like next summer, maybe there would be some potential triathlon kind of stuff going on and stuff to talk about and things that we could, um, kind of help people explore with the sport. But right now it's pretty slow going. So hopefully this next weekend gets some, some uptick, but we'll see. Yep. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that for sure. I think that's where champ champ is going to take a back seat there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cool. Uh, my quick back pedal. Uh, we, we did the team Zwift ride on Tuesday. That was fun as usual. Um, again, another big showing of uh, people on there. I think we had, a, when I counted, it was like 25 people that showed up for that ride. So that was kind of neat ride. to see. And um, everybody's out there getting stronger too. There's some people that were, you know, first when they came out with us, were starting to fall off. And now they're just kind of staying right there in the thick of it. And um, they're enjoying that. A few people have said that they're uh, mm-hmm. they're getting stronger. So that, you know, mission accomplished there. That was good. And Thursday on Thanksgiving, finished up the dialed 100, did the 100th ride in a row. <coughs> dinner. <coughs> dinner. Oh, wait, what was that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh. There was a bet on that one. Oh, there was a bet. Is that, is that what that was? Did I lose this bet? I think you did. What was the bet again? I know I know. I lost a bet. I can't remember what the bet it was, was like, though. You didn't think Jake was going to make it because some kid thing was going to get in the way. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah, I said it. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, owe, I owe either a Venmo or a, or, or a favorite dinner spot. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Do you, do you have a spot in mind for the family? We were like, supposed to do like like, like uh, a doubles thing. Or, uh, a, oh yeah, like yeah, we actually make dinner Cassie, for you. Oh yeah. yeah, we could do that this weekend. Or if we can just do lunch too, whatever. No, no, no. We should for sure do like a dinner this week because I've actually been meaning I need to cook Indian. I used to cook Indian quite a bit, and I was just getting berated this last weekend that I don't cook Indian anymore. So this would be a good opportunity. Are you a good for cook though? I can see Cassie being an excellent cook. Ca- Cassie's a very good cook. Our roommate Melissa is an excellent baker like very okay. very very good passion baker and where and does I evan price cook- slot in there c minus but <laughs> c minus to d plus at most things i have a few skill sets um i've made pizzas before because me and my little brother used to make a lot of pizzas sure um i make indian food really well because when i lived in india for a short period of time we lived with the guy who cooked for the whole compound area and i would get up early in the morning after my runs 
and then just go and hang out with him because I had to run at like four in the morning there. I always forget that you lived in India. That, yeah, that short, still kind of blows my mind. How short, long were you there for? Short period of time, like three months. So it's it was still, it was that's awesome. It was it was a uh, th- that was an absolute blast. I got, I I got the opportunity to work in um uh, some hospitals there, and uh, we we stayed with uh, some Catholic priests there, and it was it was great. It was one of the coolest experiences in Bengaluru, India, uh, which is a big city in South India. And those cities are just massive. You look, Bangalore's like, I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but it's like the fourth or fifth biggest city in India. And I'm pretty sure population wise, it's actually bigger than New York City. I, I need to Google that, but it's it's incredibly dense populace wise. Wow. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll come up with an Indian dish. <laughs> We're doing, yeah, okay. Gears turning. So Evan, if you're cooking Indian food, you know, I also finished that dialed 100. I don't I know. know if we had any bets I or don't. not, but. I, uh, I would have been the easiest to bet against. I I've think. got Kristen and the family and, and, and Beck and the family will have to deal with my cooking, but w- hopefully it will turn out good. And, and me and Cassie may have to make some stops. This is, this is going to be fun. We'll do this. Right on. Do your kids like Indian food matter? Are they just going to be like, why did Evan bring us chicken masala? I hate this. <laughs> uh, they're not as adventurous as, you know, some people, but I, will um, make it spicy, you know, I think it's good to, you know, have them experience some of the options that are out there other than like macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Quesadillas. You, you can just tell them this is like, you know, what most kids in India would eat when you want to eat for lunch. So here you go. <laughs> we periodically you have. Go. Indian food, Indian so, food. yeah, yeah. yeah. Indian food's good. delicious. One of my favorites. Yeah, cool. And then just to wrap out the rest of the week, I still have not taken a day off. Uh, I think today will be one oh four. One oh oh yeah, because it would have been Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was Thursday. Yeah. So you know, Jake, I did the same thing. I rode the day after, and then um, and I was gonna keep going, but then I like swam and ran the next day, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna like this is a good day to take off. So I took off day one oh two, and then mountain biked yesterday. So good are you gonna keep huge. going forever? Am I gonna keep it going forever? And the rhythm. Um, make God, it, I don't make know. Make it a 200? It's you hard to make it a 200. I could if I wanted to. I yeah. I was kind of thinking maybe just going to the end of the year. It's going to be different when racing, you know, if if and when racing comes back. Because that's when you get into tapering, cycling, needing that day off if you hit a big yeah. period block. Yeah. Like like we just talked about, you know, last time with Dylan Johnson's plan is like, I mean, if you were to do a block periodization, you would need a day yeah. at some point. I'm monitoring and checking my my fatigue scores so yeah. if i see it to where it, it shows like you need a day off you just need to stop and get off just the bike I, I will and we'll yeah. just go from there but my dad made it through 102 big shout out to him that was so yeah. cool to see mark did it wow. yeah my dad is 60 oh god i think 61 years old yeah so like this has been he's been joking with me. his ftp is like 199 now which is big for him and That's he's good. like lost a ton of weight o- for over him. the last year or two so he's like getting back into some 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 old man fitness he'll, doesn't he'll, he'll he have for a, saying that but <laughs> doesn't he have a buddy that did it with him as well i think so i think he did yeah, yeah. there's a couple of people he's got a guy he rides a ton with yeah, so there's yeah. a couple of people who told me that they finished it and then they had other people that did it with him as well mm-hmm. so got an ohio um, following there yeah that's pretty awesome so yep that was my week nothing fun to to write home about other than i did like wholeheartedly try and take time off from work for four days which was kind of hard but it was good it was needed so yeah Absolutely. Everybody needs that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, champ is uh, not oh, here. <laughs> I got things to talk about, though, because so I'm running Price like is going to step in and his, uh, his I'm shoes. Run, I'm running like a Vegas betting circle on this race that no cyclists care about. But it is the little bit of racing we have right now. I saw the most like depressing Instagram post today from it was Julian Alphilippe on Zwift. And it was, he hates Swift, apparently. Yeah. Because Julian Alphilippe is a real cyclist, so, you know, he doesn't get on Swift. But he he's on Swift, and he's, like, getting on and off the bike, 
like very like almost like he just wants to leave and then he like kind of slumps back over and then gets back on the bike and starts and then gets off the bike again it's like this very much and then he just has the post he's like can't wait for actual racing in 2021 or something so wow he's uh uh i think i think the poor cyclists are hitting a little bit of a, a little bit of a lull um cyclocross wise uh matthew vanderpool and Van art do seem like they're gearing up and preparing to race cyclocross worlds yep. hopefully we got happen. back on the bike um and raced last weekend yeah and i think vanderpool's due back this coming week maybe yeah i i, I follow vanderpool's training and his his socials pretty intensely and um he's he's in some serious shape right now oh, so. looks like mr hepler's back you there lance like a, like a long tracker right now <laughs> well um sorry tramp you're you're getting run over right now, champ. <laughs> oh, I, all I hoped is that you guys just were roasting me while I was gone. I really think that'd be better podcasting than listening to me drone on. Yeah. Right. How about this? Uh, we'll press pause on the uh, the lead out news real quick, and Lance, why don't you do a quick backpedal? I think you've got some racing updates on your end of things. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, I, I was sticking around Utah, hoping there'd be one last cyclocross race, but. Uh, Smarter heads prevailed, and they canceled the last race, which they should have. Case Cases are rising in Utah like they are everywhere, and they decided it'd be better for them just not to have the last race. So there's no more racing happening in Utah. I don't think there's any more racing really happening anywhere except Belgium right now. And so, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not sticking around Utah. I'm headed to Arizona for a couple days to try to find a little bit more warmth so that's kind of what i'm planning on i guess well is it probably like this, a nice balmy 75 there right now crisp 75 um, that's uh that's exactly right it's it's oh, that sounds terrible and, and sunny that sounds, in, that sounds so uh, awful Mesa. yeah yeah it's kind of funny uh we uh, last night we we slept at a place called mineral mountain which is outside of beaver utah and um when we woke up it was nine degrees this morning nine nine yeah it was Nine, yeah. Well, that's what you get for going to a place called Beaver, Utah. Dude. <laughs> do people you know, live in Beaver, Utah? <laughs> yes, they do. Actually, one of the coolest and oldest gravel races in the country is based out of Beaver, Utah, called the Crusher in the Tusher. Put on by, <laughs> yep. Oh, that's the, awesome. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Tusher Mountains are right outside of Beaver, Utah, and Burke Swindlehurst, a uh, former pro, what a name. Um, live, lives, I believe he lives in Cedar City, which is only an hour from Beaver. And uh, he puts on this gravel race called the Crusher in the Tusher. And so it's gotta, kind of a cool spot. Got to put that on the list for 2021 right there. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think our friend Justin Wagner's done that race before. Crusher in the Tusher? Yeah. Oh, Justin, message I, us if you've done that. That would be an awesome race. Yeah, we should circle back yeah. with him. Yeah. If you're hearing this. We should actually, yeah. Justin, if you're hearing this, Justin. We miss you. Ping us. We'll get you back on here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, the rest of the week, I, I still rode every day and, uh, did some very, very cold rides and, um, just around the Utah area, did some mountain biking, did some gravel riding, did some road riding and basically enjoyed myself. So cool. that was it. Sounds fun. You got any lead out news you want to throw out there? Uh, Mr. Lance um, Bailey, <laughs> Lance Bailey here, um, <laughs> The, uh, the only thing that, uh, that happened in the world of racing, there was a, a, a UCI cyclocross race yep. um, that happened in Belgium. Were you guys talking about that already? We were just 
yeah. starting to. Open we were just that talking up. about Wooten MVP, basically, but yeah. Yeah, so there's going to be five UCI races before the World Championships in, mm-hmm. at the end of January. They normally have nine or 12 or something like that. I don't know how many, but they're going to have five this year. And the first one was yesterday in Tabor, and um, uh, Wout did race and actually managed to uh, get on the podium. He got uh, third place. Uh, Matthew Vanderpool is not going to do his first UCI race until the middle of December. So not for a couple more weeks. Okay. So that's what's happening there. Those guys just um, don't take an off season, man. They are, they are working around the clock. Yeah, but it's working for them. It is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they're kind of rewriting the script on the old adage for pro cyclists where it's like, uh, during the winter, just ride long base miles with no intervals. And Woot's like, okay, <laughs> right. I'm just going to go and win all the races and do the exact opposite of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So pretty good. Wout was right in it, um, right up until the end. Uh, but Van Auerhout, I'm, I know I butchered that name. I believe that sounds he right. Took, <laughs> that, he's the guy who won the race, and uh, Ellie Easterbit, who has been kind of dominating yeah. the European cyclocross scene with the absence of uh, Wout and Vanderpool. Um, he took second place. So there, there are some people thinking uh, that he can win the the, the chance that he's right up there with Wout and MVP if they don't come to play. So yeah, that that'll be fun to watch. What I like about uh, Easterbit, he's a little guy. He's like, I don't know, he's like five six and like 130 pounds. You know, where you, where you got somebody like Wout and Vanderpool who are both like six four or something. I've always I thought, love. Do, do do you think Julian like, like if Julian Alaphilippe decide like just decide one year like I'm gonna focus on cyclocross? I think he'd be great. He's a little power. Um, wait, hold, back up, back up. Yeah, he did. He did cyclocross before he did road racing. Really. Oh, yes. good, good pick, Champ. Look at Champ with the <laughs> with the Wikipedia knowledge right there. <laughs> How'd he do? Yeah, he yeah he was. I he he either placed or was world champion in uh, in in cyclocross. I I think he did very well. He won like the yeah. French national championship, and uh, he he yeah he's done lots of cyclocross races. Great so. great bike handler, short little powerhouse. Yeah, be a perfect cyclocross rider. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Real quick about a race that could, I feel like Matt, even mentioning this race, I feel nervous mentioning this race because if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be so sad because I still want to watch this this upcoming weekend in, in the state of Florida, they are still planning on doing challenge Daytona this weekend, which has become triathlon's world championship this year, basically with a massive prize purse. It's like an almost $2 million prize purse. Wow. So yeah. It is going to be a huge for us. Yeah, which is very, very big. Like, I think in the future, my, my hope is that PTO, the group that is sponsoring that prize purse, really takes over professional racing and they kick out people like me and sponsor people who actually do the sport professionally. So, did you know that they actually made a bid to buy Ironman at I, one point? I saw that. Yeah. I, I think that what they're going to do is just create their own professional schedule and try to combat Ironman. I think that they're just going to pick races and make them big prize purse races. But anyway, not to harp on this, but there's there's like 50 or 60 per the men's and women's field. And it is like all the best of all distances, the long distance, the short distance. And it's in this weird middle distance they've decided, which is going to be a 2K swim. 
an 80K bike and an 18K run, which is not a distance you see. It's it's just kind of their their own distance, basically. Um, what's what's okay? So this is race is gonna be amazing. You and I are super pumped. What's unfortunate is that the probably the top two uh, Ironman athletes in the world are not gonna be there. Yes. Like on the men's and women's side. Lucy Charles and Jan Ferdano will not be there. And I do not believe Daniela Reef will be there either. I was the, I was referring to Daniela Reef as the top athlete. Yes. But. Ooh, that's the I, I consider Lucy Charles the top, but this is where me and Matt can argue on that in the future. But yeah, yeah um those those three will not be there, which is huge missing, you know, parts. That's both of your law you know, that's uh of the last three championships, Daniela's won two of them. And so you have Annie Hogg there, who's the defending Ironman world champ, but right. Daniela not being there is tough. So Jan is injured, got hit by a car. Yep. What, where are the other two? Um, I really don't know why Daniela's not there, to be completely honest, or why Lucy's yeah. not there. That's a lot of money to... It is. When you're that level of an athlete to two million, potentially miss out on. And it's, it's this strange blend of a lot of your draft legal athletes, which are your shorter distance athletes, sure. the, one, the ones you watch in the Olympics. Yeah. Versus these long distance athletes, which is a rare pairing. I mean, you've got this is um, uh, Allie Brownlee, who was one of the favorite uh, favorites on the men's side, said this will be the most competitive race in triathlon history. And he's not over exaggerating or overplaying it. If you look at it, there's never been a race that's going to be this fast. I mean, huh. we're talking like five or six guys that are capable of running off the bike sub 110 half marathons, which is crazy. And Everybody in this field is very strong cyclists at that top end, too. So they're going to be racing on the Daytona track, which is basically just, I mean, you're just going around in loops. So it's going to be pretty viewer-friendly in the sense that as the dynamics of the race change, you're, you're, you're going to be able to see the dynamics of the race you know, unfold basically live. Interesting. Yeah. My thought would be that, that a lot of you wouldn't show up just because of the travel to get there. You know, that that's my guess with, why Danielle's with, not there. Yeah. Danielle. I mean, COVID cases spiking. People are trying to stay out of airports and stay out at airplanes and then to travel all the way to Florida for a race that might not happen. Yeah. I would guess some people just didn't. It's it's pretty risky. Yes. My my hope is that I think they still have the amateur race that's happening, even though it's very limited. I hope they just cut the amateur race and just say, no, this is only going to be the 110 pros, and that's it. You you just bubble it like, for those 110 pros, and that's it. Where can people watch this race? Um, if you go on to challengedaytona.com, they have a link where if you donate, you can get the live stream. So, gotcha. Oh, you have to donate? That's that. That's what we were seeing. I I was gonna donate either way, but yeah, I I, I think you have to donate. So, we're we were for sure gonna do it either way. I'm very excited for that race. There's been a lot of trash talk going on, and that's <laughs> the only bit I want to talk about because it's actually really interesting. I think PTO is trying to trump up some of the trash talking. They're trying to create characters and storylines, which sometimes looks a little forced. But I know a couple of these guys because when I lived in Colorado, I knew a couple of them. And I think it's pretty genuine trash talk. Uh, Sam Long and Morgan Pearson have been going back and forth. Sam Long is a long course-based athlete, a guy we've talked about on this channel before. And Morgan Pearson is, for people who know triathlon, he is the fastest American triathlete right now, in my, in my personal opinion. He races short course. He's going to be our best Olympian. Uh, he comes from former professional running and is very, very strong. Sam recently said, 
oh, we'll, we'll have to see who runs faster between me or Morgan for the American title. And Morgan was quite offended by that and literally posted up the nerve of this man. I can't believe he even thinks he can run with me. He can't run one mile at my half marathon pace. That caused a little bit of a stir. And there's, you basically now have these two young 20s guys going at it on social media to the point where this morning, Sam Long disabled his comments on all of his posts. So there was wow. there there was a little bit of aggression going back and forth there, which <laughs> I personally think is great for the sport. I know some people were like saying like, "Oh, they need to have more class." I was like, "Whatever." They're in their early twenties, and this sport needs. We've we've had way too many polite people in triathlon. We need like a few more. You need a Lance Armstrong every once in a while. You need somebody to say things that get people mad, and I hope that both of them can kind of become that for the sport here, at least in America. It seems to center around Sam Long because I know he also got into it with uh, Justin Metzler. I think is his yeah, name. he did. Yeah, I think him and Justin are a little bit more friends though. Him and Morgan are so not too. friends. It looked jovial because <laughs> I think they train in the same pool. So they do. We'll um, him, Morgan, and Matt McElroy do not train together. So they're. I, I think that's a little more more genuine. I think that to be honest, the a lot of the ITU guys are gonna just oh they're gonna crush wipe the floor with the Ironman crew. Yeah, I think Lionel Sanders is the one who has a true chance. I have Lionel Sanders in second place on my prediction sheet. So, who do you have for first? Vi- uh, Vincent Louis, Lewis. Yeah, Vincent v- Lewis, and then Allie Brownlee third. If those guys can make the trip over, right? Yeah, I think Allie is there already. And I think Vincent is traveling like today or tomorrow. So we will wow. see. We will see. It's a strange year for international racing. That is for sure. Huh. Cool. You almost have me interested. Uh, to I know, watch right? It's, almost, but uh. it's, it's like almost interesting enough and it's shorter than Kona. So for any cyclist who's like, why would I sit down and watch eight hours of racing straight when they're just time trialing? It's like, see, this is half the time, less than half the time. <laughs> so how long? Yeah, I want to watch this really badly. I'm willing to donate if that's what you need to do. I didn't know if you have to donate to watch it or if it was going to be live. I thought it was just going to be live somewhere. Uh, we'll check up on that again, because I'm pretty sure the last time we checked it was donation, but they may change it. Who knows? Roughly how much is that going to cost you to watch it, though? Oh, like 20 bucks, like 10, five, 20 bucks, I think. 20 bucks? Actually, I actually, I don't think there's a minimum amount. So you could probably just donate five bucks and watch it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then how long will it take for them to finish? Three hours, I want to say. Okay. Let's shoot for around three hours, if I'm thinking correctly. Three or three and a half hours. Yeah. Hmm. The run is going to be interesting because I really think there's going to be a group coming off the run, and these guys are world-class runners. I mean, there's – and they are – this is their one race this year. There's been a lot of trash talk going into this. These guys are going to bury themselves in this race. Like, yeah. this is like if you if you had the entire cycling season all get canceled and they were like, we're just doing the world championship in Switzerland. And it had like two massive climbs on it. You just watched every professional cyclist bring their A game to like one yeah. race. That's basically the equivalent of what this is going to be. Interesting. And they're going to ride on the Daytona track? Yeah. They're going to swim, the inf- swim in the, in the infield. Okay. Are they going to yeah. run on the track as yes. well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, separate a portion out for, for the run on the track, too. Huh. So the cool part with the run is, as Matt knows this, sometimes in Ironman, there's a lot of turns, so you can't really see where everybody is on the run. In this run, that's like a mile-long straightaway. You're going to see where everybody yeah, is the entire time. get a drone up in there, and you can just watch everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Huh. Price, what do you think about on the women's side? Um, I've got a big underdog pick on the women's side. I hope Josh Monda's not listening to this because we're doing a bet uh, between each other. So I've picked Nicola Spierig to win. 
Okay. Big underdog pick. She's a great ITUer. She was silver medal, I believe, at like the London Olympics. She's a little older. She's never really raced long distance, but she's a power cyclist and a great runner. And I think she's got a lot of power on the bike. She can hang with like the Lisa Nordens, the Sarah Crowleys, you know, that 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 crew. So she's she's gonna be up there. You have a pick, cool. Matt? Well, I actually like? think Paula Finlay's gonna do well. I think it's kind Love of set Paula. up yeah. I think it's a sweet spot for her that distance because she's definitely not like full Ironman, but she's definitely you know, she has that ITU background. She's cycling really well right now. I think that, that it bodes well for someone like her, but we'll yep. see. I mean, I think that uh, a lot of the ITU girls are going to be hard to beat. Yeah, Paula's my number two. So I think yeah. I, I hope Paula has an awesome race and wins a lot of money. Huh. Yeah, right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, enjoy watching that, fellas. Look It'll forward to hearing blast. about it next week. I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm betting on uh, Natasha Badman and Paula Radcliffe uh, kind of jumping in there and mixing <laughs> things up. Paula yeah, Radcliffe. Probably Radcliffe. Tell you what, I'm not sure if she's much of a swimmer, Lance, but if we're talking 10 years ago on the run, I think she's got the run in the bag. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's, it's all about the run, I thought. That's what I thought. Natasha <laughs> Batman's what, probably in her 50s now? How old is she? I don't know, but she was a crusher when she, she was racing. She was stellar back in the day. Back in God, she was like pre-Chrissy Wellington, wasn't she? <laughs> that is correct. All right, all done? Yep. All right, lead out news out. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Lance <laughs> Bailey out. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our topic for today. Um, we're going to dive into Zwift. Zwift, yes. you guys. Let's, let's review it. There's been a few things that have kind of been coming out about Zwift. Everybody's seemingly getting back into the indoor cycling stuff right now. We've talked about it before, but there's some things that are starting to come out, some things that are starting to change. So I just wanted to run through like kind of our review of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Pros and cons, we all use it. Um talk about maybe some things that are missing and then just a bunch of other little tidbits of news that have come out. So let's go ahead and start with, um, well, a, we all use it. Let's talk about how we use it real quick. Um, I, we, I think we all kind of come at it from a different angle. Um, and I just want to get this out there so people can know that we have different perspectives on how we use this. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some things about Zwift that you love Evan and things that you use it for in, in, Lance has the most interesting approach because I know he takes a similar um, – I was just having this conversation with David Goodman and Dustin Schocken on how best to use Zwift. Um, for me, I'm just neurotic with intervals, and I like to keep them simple. So I, I made all my own training. Yep. The Zwift workouts are way too complex in my opinion. Speaking of, I know we talk, I know <laughs> we you. over-talk about him, yeah. but Dylan Johnson has a great video about this where he dives into like their FTP builder. I think if you are somebody who's just trying to get fit, go for it. It's great. Yeah. But Dylan was talking like, like overcomplication, uh, overcomplication of intervals is not a good approach. No. You should be training one system, maybe once a month. You can do a cool kind of kitchen sink workout. But like, I mean, if your goal is VO2 max, you shouldn't be throwing in like a bunch of yellows and greens. Anybody who's looked at a Zwift workout knows what I'm talking about when you it's say color code and everything. Yeah. yeah. So. For me, I simplify all the workouts. I have all the workouts, and those are who I give to the kids who I coach, too. And that's so I use Zwift for everything, but I had to take the time to go in and make my own workouts. I would not use their their FTP builder. Um, what I use Zwift for, too, is just motivation and the fact that, yes, could I probably be fitter if I was in 100% structured? Sure, but I really like jumping on there and racing people. Or I really love jumping on on Thursday morning and just hammering with Nate on there just for no good reason. I mean, we are now almost a year into COVID no racing. I mean, 
at this point, you got to find anything to help you get motivated. And virtually racing people is something I still get excited about. So that's primarily what I use Zwift for now. Gotcha. And all my indoor training. I don't use Trainer Road like like Lance does or like David Goodman does. Yep. Lance, talk to us about how you use Zwift. Um, for me, it is uh, it's an absolute last resort. I um, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely prefer to ride outside. I will ride outside in the cold and rain. Um, I don't like riding outside in the cold, rain, and dark. And so, if I can't get my ride in. Uh, Without that, then I will resort to Zwift. It, it can be very convenient, which is the great thing about it. Um, I actually did a Zwift ride yesterday because I knew we were going to be traveling most of the day and I wouldn't be able to get an outside workout in. And so I had already had my bike set up on my trainer in my hotel room and was able to do a Zwift workout before most of my family even woke up so that... Um, that, that was a good thing. But um, so, yeah, so I don't like the trainer. I prefer not to do it. So I, I like the fact with Swift that uh, that there's always other people to ride with. Lately, if I'm not doing a group ride, um, I will jump on with one of the pacer bots. And then there's always a group of 20 or 30 or sometimes 500 people who are trying to stay with the pacer bot at a certain pace. And I'll usually jump in with the, with the, with the B pacer bot. And he holds about 25 miles an hour for whatever Titans Grove loop that he does. And it's, it's a challenge for me just to stay with that group and then try to go off the front of that group when it goes uphill. So I think it's an, I certainly like the fact that I can ride with friends when we can't get together in real life and that it's motivating just to try to stay with the group. Yeah, those pacer bots are actually kind of cool because if you don't want to get in there and just sit in straight erg mode and you want to have a little bit of say in terms of like what your pace is going to look like, um, it's kind of nice to be able to get in there because you, you still have to kind of plug in. You still kind of mm -hmm. have to pay attention and you can float off the front if you want. Or if you do fall off the back, you got to kind of hustle to get back yeah. on versus just sitting in there in erg mode pushing the same watts for yeah and this is another big i think debate or just thing that we see on on swift so does everybody here all use erg mode pretty frequently does anybody else use erg mode or usually free ride anybody who's listening who doesn't know those two I, erg, erg mode locks you into a certain power so it is very hard to adjust cadence when you're in erg mode um when you're free ride you can shift Adjust your cadence, yada yada. You you know shift up and down your power in a wider range. Yeah. Erg mode basically holds you at like if the set is 300 watts, you're holding right at 300 yeah. watts the entire it, time. You don't feel any of the hills. You don't feel any draft. You don't get any of that yeah. a, that feedback or that that real world feel. But yeah. you're in a very specific workout in a specific amount of watts, and that's very useful I, when you're I getting think into it is too. Yeah. So for yeah. doing interval sets, that's that's the only time I really use it. Um, mm -hmm. More times than not, though, I'm just free riding. And then how about you, Matt? How do you use Zwift? I mean, so when you're on a 100-day challenge and you live in the Pacific Northwest where it's rainy, you just jump on Zwift. That's how I use it. And uh, I think I'm like Lance. I don't love Zwift. I don't like riding indoors that much. But it definitely fits the void of, like, you need to do something. And it's better than nothing. And then the other piece is um, the kind of, like, the fact that I've seen so many people be successful with that product 
it's a bit inspirational just knowing like, hey, I can go hop on this thing, even though right now I'm not good at it. There should be the potential to get better at this particular product, right? Like people do it, people like do it day in, day out. Uh, like I think of Lionel Sanders and I know he's probably not the best example, but like he is always on the trainer. He's always on Zwift. Yeah, he does like he 90, gets pretty fit doing it. percent of so, his training probably on Zwift, yeah. So, you know, um, I, I, I see the value and I just haven't executed well enough on that to really get over the current state of just kind of floundering on the, on the product currently. I don't do a lot of Zwift racing. I should probably test that out. Um, I've tested out the Pacer bots. That's fine. Um, I kind of like, you know, Evan in some ways where I kind of like to do my own workouts, but that's, you know, but I have done, you know, I don't, uh, Evan complained about the workouts, which is I've used their workouts to a lot of success. Their sweet spot training workouts are good. Um, I don't think I need like the most precise training program. It's just like, I need a workout and, yeah. you know, Zwift is, you know, it's not free, but I'm already paying for it. So it's like, might as well do these workouts. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I think it's, it's good, but also necessary evil. I don't know. Necessary evil. Mixed, <laughs> I, I have like mixed that. feelings on it. Let's at least yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great supplement for cycling. I yeah. like everybody else would prefer to run it outside. Um, mm. You know, it's unfortunately not always conducive here. We've got early days. So with the yeah. sun going down at like four, four thirty in, in the afternoon, and me not getting out of the, the lab until like five o'clock. It's already dark out. And I don't really want to be outside riding by myself at night, especially when it's you know going to be 40 or 41 degrees and raining and there's cars. And I just don't want to mix it up with that. So there is a, a component to that that allows me to still get my ride in, get my, my cycling consumption done. Um, and to be able to plug in with other people, um, the big thing for me is the, the ability to use the meetup function on there. I think that that is well worth it just because we can get our team together and especially during the COVID times to be able to get together and ride and, and conversate with each other and kind of push the envelope a little bit and just have a lot of fun that makes it worth it to me that alone and then all of the other stuff just becomes like complimentary little icing on the cake kind of thing so mm -hmm. um racing I still have not done a Zwift race and I, I I was thinking about that before we started this I'm like well why haven't I done a race on there and a lot of it comes back to well i'm a competitive person but also like an even playing field and it seems like yeah. there are just way too many people out there that are doing something whether it's adjusting their weight or whether they contracted matt to build them an app so that they can bump <laughs> up their watts or whatever it just yeah. i feel like it's not i don't know everything's like there, there's a margin of error there like yeah. different trainers are going to provide different things and um sometimes if you don't calibrate and maybe you're too high or you're too low they, there's too many variables in there that you kind of lose that touch of like real life racing. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't know that that is probably the big reason why I haven't done it yet. And the other part is like, well, if I'm following a program or whatnot, um, I, I'm not going to really build racing in there mm -hmm. usually, even though it's probably not a bad idea sometimes, but I don't know. I just, I haven't been compelled to go do it yet. Racing is just basically to simulate for, for, for me, I've di disconnected myself entirely almost as a joke of like getting results. Yeah. I'm not built like a Swift racer. You you gotta have very 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 high match burning. Like yeah, you gotta have high watt efforts. You gotta be pretty darn solid at like those cr criterium type efforts. It's almost like if a crit and a short time trial had a child. That's a Swift race. You got like <laughs> like so. I'll use the Saturday one that me and Nate are doing. Uh, me and Nate and Josh are doing consistently now. I get dropped at the 15 minute mark of this thing every single time. It's like. 
it's it's basically you start out at what would be considered well above your VO2 max effort. You somehow have to then settle back into your FTP, and you just try and hold that for as long as you can with random spikes. So it really does not reflect actual bike racing at any time, because even criterium yeah. racing. I mean, you think of criterium racing, you're basically bouncing between zero watts and whatever is your threshold to VO2 over and over again. Very rarely during a Swift race are you ever off the pedals. You, yeah. I mean, if you're off the pedals, it's because you're going down and downhill for like five seconds, maybe. But that's about it. So the racing is a skill set in itself. And if you've experimented in there, uh, I'll use Dustin as an example. Dustin just got into his first Swiffer. Uh, he's like first or second Swift race, and he actually won. So Z- Dustin's got a track cycling background, which yeah. we were talking track cycling reflects Zwift pretty closely. Yeah. You're never really, well, you can be off the pedals in track, but usually you are not off the pressure on a track race. Nope. It is short. It is intense. Zwift racing is not like this long road race where you're like clipping in and then you're like, all right, man, there goes the guy, you know, let's go and let him go. No, if that guy goes, everybody goes and follows him. It almost yeah. be like chasing Dr. Handel over and over and over again for an entire race that only lasted like one lap basically. Yeah. So it's an interesting style of racing, but I like it if if you're thinking today I need threshold work, like in general, you're like I have an hour and I need threshold work, there's your Zwift race. And as long as you're not going to get, you kind of got to disconnect that competitiveness with it because odds are you're probably not going to place very well because you don't know how to do the video game. Yeah, <laughs> you I 100% agree with what you're, what you're saying right there for me. And yeah. I've had those moments where I'm like, all right, I need to go do that. But then it's like, all right, I got to go figure out how to do this racing. When does it start? And they're like, you just yeah, can't just jump on and just go. So like a lot yeah. of times, like if I have to get on and start riding it, I don't know, like 643, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to sit around and wait until seven o'clock for a race to start. Exactly. So I just get on and start riding. Exactly. Yeah. So. And that's, and that's why really right now I'm only doing once a week. It's just the Saturday. It just works with the Saturday morning. Yeah. So you just know that that's the time you're going to race yep, each makes week. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I just haven't bought into the whole Zwift thing. So uh, let's go and talk about some pros and cons of Zwift. Mm-hmm. What are, do you have some, some cons that you want to throw out there that you don't like about the program? I've got, I've got cons right off the bat just because, and I think this is a con with just the world right now in general, is it's, it continues this, this de-socialization. Um, I understand people are scared of the road because I'm also scared of the road, you know, getting hit by cars, being out in group rides. My, my fear is that virtual racing for amateurs will slowly start replacing road racing, um, outdoor experiences, which I think are really important. And also, if you just want to develop as a cyclist, this coming from somebody who, you know, races triathlons and was a, you know, completely average Cat 3 cyclist, is you, you need to be in those group situations to road race well or to gravel yep. race well or to cross race well. And even though you can build an engine on Zwift, a big con is you really don't develop as a cyclist unless your goal is triathlon and hanging out in the aero position and riding circles around Daytona track for Lionel Sanders works wonderfully. The man has developed an engine that literally got him the Canadian hour record on just Swift, which is amazing. But if your goal is to also ride next to people at some point, yep. you need to develop outside. And I think Zwift continues this kind of desocialization, which, which I think we're seeing just in sports in general. Gotcha. How about you, Lance? We've seen that amongst. We've seen. Whoa, breaking up there. <laughs> table, table that thought for just a second. We'll come back. We'll come back to you in just a second, Lance. Let's let you get into a better spot, Matt. What about you? As Lance is in the Arizona wilderness. <laughs> what are some of your cons, yeah, I mean, Matt? Go ahead. What are some of your cons with Zwift? Uh, you know, I think obviously. 
you know, I agree with a lot of what Evan said, for sure. It doesn't feel real to me. Like, I have zero motivation. If some, you know, if some virtual person passes me, I, I think I'm <laughs> numb to that. Matt, what is wrong with you? Why why would you not want to virtually chase somebody in Belgium who just lied about their weight by 30 pounds? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm usually, like, I put on Zwift because it, you know, it's there and because, you know, it's going to auto upload to, you know, everything. It's like, and it's, there's a, there's a couple little carrots in there, but the reality is like, I'll also turn on YouTube or some video or some movie or whatever and like completely block out Zwift. It's just, it's, it's probably the most engaging platform and it's just not that engaging. Um, (laughs) I think that it's, they're doing a great job with what they're doing. I just think like, you're you're not outside. You're not you're not breathing real air. You're not. Bre- I mean, it's just like if Lance sprints and we're outside. I know I can't beat Lance, but like I'm gonna try. I'm gonna pick up the pace. Like immediately, even if I don't even think about it, my watts are gonna jump up to like 400. Whereas if someone randomly passes me on, this even happened mountain biking yesterday. I some guy passed me climbing up a gravel hill, and I just immediately just started like putting out bigger watts, and I was like, ah. This is pointless. Like, I'm not even a mountain biker. Like, who cares? But you're in real life and someone is passing you. And that is just like, there's an instant reaction to that. Whereas with Zwift, I don't have any of that. So it's so easy for me to be like, yeah, 100 watts. I'm going to sit here and hold 100 watts and (laughs) watch my video. Um, See, I think that's a much more reasonable approach. And I think 99% of people have that. Like, people who are talking about doing Zwift racing... People who take Zwift racing seriously is an incredibly small portion of the population because not only do you need to be competitive, you need to be like irrationally competitive for no reason. Like, well, like, yeah, you're racing somebody who you don't know. They could be lying. Who cares? Like, why are you that competitive over this? I ask myself that question for, all, all the okay, time. Okay, so for me, Zwift racing is like, hang on because you can take advantage of the draft, like yeah. as long as possible until you can't. Yeah. It's not necessarily really racing. Actually, you know what? Our, our Even our team ride is the same way where it's like, Hey, you know, we do our Tuesday team ride. It's like, hang on as long as you can. And to me, that's a fun challenge. Hang on as long yeah. as you can. When you get dropped, you get dropped. And that's that's good. That's one of the things I would actually loop into the positives of Zwift uh, and not a negative. Um, but, again, it's the everyday ride when someone passes you that I don't care about. Like, the you're not with your team. You're not with the people that you're um, that you care about. It's just some random person from Switzerland. Yep. See you later. Don't care. Uh, yeah. I hope they're having a good workout, but I'm watching my Breaking Bad or whatever, you know, whatever the show is. But Breaking Bad. Have you not finished Breaking Bad yet? <laughs> I, I actually threw out I threw out a name of a show that I thought people would like connect with. I've never seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> what? So. Oh, oh, Matt, you got to check that out. You're the worst. Stop what you're doing. You're the you're you the worst politician ever. If you if you were a good politician, you would have just pretended like you knew what Breaking Bad was there. You're like, oh yeah, drugs. Hmm, man, Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm too honest for politics. Yep. <laughs> Lance, it looks like you might be back. We've got a better video connection with you, so I think we can hear you this time. What were your cons with Zwift? Well, you know, it's funny. I take a little bit of a different approach with Matt. When, I, when I'm when i on Swift, I tend to turn everything else off and engage with it so that I can 
chase down the people that pass me (laughs) (laughs) or, or that I can, uh, like stay with the group. That's the thing with riding with the, with the pacer bot. If you want that draft advantage, you have to stay with the group, you know? So if I, if I look down or look away or lose focus for a while and I drop off, then it's, uh, uh, you know, a 350 watt interval to catch back up to the group, you know, if I've tailed off a ways. True. So that's, I guess that's part of the thing I like about Swift. That's not what you asked though. You asked me what my uh, cons were. Um, <laughs> my cons were it's, it's too easy to cheat on it. Yep. <laughs> um, that's the one thing I don't like. And, and having a smart trainer or not, it makes a huge difference on, on, how the the game works for you mm-hmm. and smart trainers are expensive therefore it's not just 15 bucks a month it's also the cost of having that smart trainer if you really want to have a good experience with it so that's true that's that's what i those are the things i don't like i don't like the fact that they don't have an integrated uh like video or or talking system Oh, he's talking about like talking system with like like Discord, basically. So we use Discord, but yeah, yeah. Zwift they, should I, integrate. They really that. should have that. That'll probably be their next yeah, step. We have I to use guess. a third. We hope so. Evan hasn't even figured out how to use Discord, so whenever he's in our meetups, oh, no. we can't ever talk to him because I, I do. I just don't want to talk to you. Oh. <laughs> well, there's that. That I do believe. That, that, that makes more sense. Actually. No, that's a. I know. I'm trying. I need to. I need to clear up my Tuesday evening so so I can make the make the team ride, not just have to jump in late. But yeah. yeah. I've uh, heard some whispers of them talking about coming up with some sort of a way to integrate that into the platform so people don't have to use Discord. And you think that that would make a lot of sense because that yeah. connectivity is something that people thrive on, especially in this day and age. Not being able to talk with people, I don't know. It's um, it's nice to be able to do that when we're using Discord when we're doing our Tuesday night rides. Absolutely. Cool. Um, for me, a couple of the um, the cons would be 15 bucks a month feels like it's starting to get a little bit expensive. It was $10 a month for the longest time, and mm-hmm. then they bumped it up, and then they passed along the, the sales tax as well. So it ends up being $16 and change Yeah, for me every single month. I'm like, all right, we're starting to get into the land of like, how much does a gym membership cost? Yeah. So you're you're kind of there, and then you're then you're talking about all right. Well, if I have a membership to Training Peaks, or what if I wanted to go somewhere that has a better training platform for workouts? So maybe I'm gonna look at you know Trainer, Trainer Road. Road. So yeah. there, those two things, you're looking at about another fifteen bucks per platform. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I'm paying forty five bucks just for the use of those three things. Then you slap on the what is it six bucks a month for Strava? Yeah. And it's like everybody's putting their hand in your pocket Buying for new Smart Trainers. Yeah. Doing, well, it's yeah. just the monthly residual fee because th- yeah. those fees. They start to add up. And if they you do. like multiply that times 12 months and look at how much you're spending per year, it's like, all right, what value am I getting out of this? Do I think the value is there for Swift? Yeah, but there's still, I think, maybe God, the, 10 bucks, I think, is more of a sweet spot. I, I don't I know. I, and I don't want to squabble over $5. I mean, it, yeah. it's just but like, all right, a, have yeah. one less cup of coffee or something like that from mm-hmm. Starbucks. But it, I will not. i just feel like it's getting up there especially knowing that um there there's an article that we're going to reference here that um dc rainmaker is the one who just put it out about the group ride that the ceo of zwift left or led and he did a big q a session and there was about three thousand people in there and dc rainmaker pretty much went back and um went through the whole thing and just kind of had his points on there but 
some of the topics that, that came up were how many people have jumped on it and they have like, I think it's doubled, if not tripled their membership since the start of COVID. And they were already a They're big, huge, giant right now. entity. So you have that extra cash flow that's coming in. Plus yeah. they just recently did um, a little investment thing where they did a round of investments and took on 450 million. I'd have to go check my notes, but I believe it was right there in that ballpark, 450, 430, somewhere in there. Million dollars for further development. Holy cow. So they've got a war chest of things that they could do. So, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see them, A, maybe make it a little bit more affordable, or B, start adding some better cool bits to it. Yeah. Better things, like better, like have the, the talk stuff, have um, better programs in there that are mm-hmm. made by you know professional coaches and some of them probably are but um i know that matt alluded to the fact that he thinks that they're good and evan talked about how they're like over complicated i i tend to lean a little bit more towards evan because i don't think they need to get all fancy just to no. for sake of having all these different colors i think them. i think they they need to take more of a trainer road approach which is they need to bring in coaches that are that are doing a good job with yeah. that i will i will say i don't think if if your goal is a 12-week build I looked through Dylan's video, and I, there's there's good workouts in there, but the structure of the workouts is very random. Uh, one of his best examples was there was one week in the FTP builder that's got like four days where you're over VO2 max for efforts. It's like, why? And then one of the days is like two, one minute with like a bunch of random threshold work. It's like there's no rhyme or reason to it. And it's like if you're going to raise the price, there better be a rhyme or reason to it yeah. because then you're paying for coaching. So that's, that's where it needs to be better. But, I mean, it may be this next year. Zwift is – for me, I have way more pros with Zwift than I ever do cons. Sure. Because I use it frequently, and I think it's great. But, yeah, I think if they're going to continue to increase the price, then hopefully it just gets better and better. Yeah, and if you're using the likes of, like, Trainer Road, again, that's going to be an additional monthly charge. But yeah. let's say that you really you know, fancy their their training programs and you think that they're going to work well for you. You've been using it for a while and you like them a lot. You can't just put them into Zwift. Mm-hmm. They just won't let you do that, which makes sense because they need to protect yeah. their business model and yeah. whatnot. So you can run the two programs simultaneously, which is a bit of a hassle, but you can still do that. And you're connected to one device via AMP Plus and the other device via Bluetooth and it's all kind of working. But again, that's just so many little loopholes and, and, and that you're trying to like plug just to be able to make a program work for you you've got to go out and buy maybe another device or you've got to go get a amp plus dongle and all these there's just too many little steps why can't zwift just have a better platform like trainer road or better yet why don't they buy them yeah i've got this massive war chest go buy them do you think trainer road would sell for i mean what do you think trainer road would sell for no idea they're doing well for themselves though i mean they're doing well but they got a niche market yeah well from a perspective of Zwift it would it would be like pennies on the dollar I don't think it would be a massive undertaking for them I think their their staff is probably you know 20 to 50 people and Zwift is just a big organization at this point they're doing I think they could, think they could afford trainer road if they wanted to yeah just think about that. Now you're going to be attached to Zwift if they were to purchase a trainer road. Then you can actually like push your, your workouts to your head unit. You can go right outside, and you're still like using that branded Zwift workout. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there, there's a lot to be said to that. There is. There's some good value in there for sure. I, wor- I wonder if Zwift would rather develop it themselves um, so that they can tweak some stuff as opposed to pulling in that stuff. Um, usually a lot of these purchases, you know, you're purchasing it for the user basis. Yeah. So the number of users that trainer, trainer road has, which is also small potatoes compared to Zwift, uh, or talent acquisition if they have like a really strong developer staff. So I'm not sure 
if that's the case for either of these. I don't see that purchase happening. Yeah, well, something like that would make a heck of a lot of sense because the credibility that Trainer Road would bring to their training programs would be fantastic. And oh, they've, yeah. they've got a great little platform. I've spent some time recently digging into it just to kind of get more familiarized with how it all works and, you know, even pushing stuff to head units and going out and testing out a workout. And it, it's a pretty solid little program. And it would be mm-hmm. nice to see something like that integrated into Zwift that wasn't um, – Maybe it's more of a, maybe it's more of a like trainer road is like, like two, you know, they're like that small, that small group. It's very proud of what they have and what they have to offer. And they kind of see, you know, Zwift is like Walmart. It's like, it's like if new seasons was to get bought by Walmart, it's like, you know, that's, that's not something that, that maybe trainer road wants to get involved with. Uh, Maybe there there is a little, one of the cons I think to Zwift, and we talked about this with Ober too. I think some people kind of look down on Zwift a little bit, almost like it's gimmicky. I don't know how to describe it. There, there's like a certain tone that people talk about Zwift with, Lance. <laughs> and there's, <laughs> and there's, but I I think that maybe maybe that could block a, a, a conversation between you know a group like Trainer Road and Zwift. But there's going to be that sect of people that are always going to talk poorly on it. Yeah. Um, I, and you know to a certain degree, I'm going to even have some poor things to say about it. But when I look at it from a, a whole perspective, oh, I think, I think awesome, that the yeah. value is, is definitely there. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk down on that, or if, if you're too cool for school for like Strava, that's kind of how I see it. It's yeah, too, too cool. It's for just school. like, all right, get yeah. over yourself. All right. Yeah. And, and I also think that you're in the minority and yeah. if, if that's how you want to be, that's fine. You don't yeah. have to like it. No, we don't all have to like the same things, but if you can find value in that and it's going to help you become a better cyclist and it's going to help build community and it's going to help people get to be more active and fit and fall in love with the road or the, the sport of cycling. I'm, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. You know, even Ruby, <laughs> I think that that's yeah. a eh, platform. I mean, could be better. Absolutely. Is it terrible? No, it, it's getting people out there riding bikes yeah. and it's interactive and people are finding enjoyment with it. And the price is probably a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fine. It's you, just not for me, but even these like Pelotons to, to me is great. I mean, I, I hope that there's a really affordable option that comes because Pelotons are very expensive. Yeah. I hope, I hope that there's another group that comes out to become competitive with Peloton and drives the price down a little bit. But, you know, I mean, I think those are great. I well, think anything that can get somebody thinking that intervals is worth their time is great. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that in just a minute because there's some, uh, some word from Zwiftland with respect to uh, what Peloton is doing and oh boy. some offerings that might be coming down the pipeline there. Uh-huh. We'll get to that in a moment, though. Just a couple more from me. Um, the, the speed is off. They need to fix that. Like, I can go oh, do yeah, like yeah. a... Yeah, like an easy pedestrian ride, and if I'm doing it outside, it's probably going to come back at like maybe 17 miles an hour. And then if it's on flat, just going super easy, low uh, watts. And then I go and I do it on Zwift, no drafting, no yeah. drafting, yeah, 20 miles an hour. So mm-hmm. that is off, and I think that they need to recalculate their whatever their is an algorithm or whatever their program Every is. Every race is like 30 miles an hour too. That's just not. Every race is so fast. It's <laughs> just not reality. So they need to yeah. drop that down and make that a little bit more realistic because it does inflate things. And like, you don't want someone, well, not that it really matters, I guess, at the end of the day, but people are like, oh yeah, you know, I went out and I, I busted out like 25 hour, miles in an hour. Yeah. Like, you know how hard that is to do that? Oh, so hard. Yeah. Like if I'm on yeah, my road bike on the flattest roads, like out of Vancouver Lake and we're doing the Jack yeah. Frost time trial ground you, that's only 12, you got to be on a time twenty k to be averaging twenty five miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can do it, but I'm putting out some pretty big watts. And if I took those same watts and put them into Zwiftland, uh-huh. and w- like twenty eight w- miles an yeah, hour, it's probably, gonna be like, it's, yeah, it's going to be like It's off by a few miles per hour. So, yeah. Jake, yeah. do you think that's because there's so much drafting on no. Zwiftland, and that you can there's a 
you know, a current of people going the same direction that you don't have at Vancouver Lake? Or do you think it's because their calculations are just really far off? 100% their calculations are off. I think that 100%. They, they assume you're on like the newest of asphalt, just like the just the like just the blacktop that's like just crystal clear, yeah. like zero rolling resistance, yeah. basically. <laughs> Maybe if you've got a massive tailwind, um, that, yeah. that's seriously that, that operating you're gonna with get a that. ten mile an hour tailwind. But at all I've times. ridden plenty of times on Zwift with nobody else around, not riding with any groups, not following any pacer bots, not doing anything other than just riding. And I look down at my speed, and I'm like, I'm not going that fast. It's yeah. just not reality. Yeah. So. I will admit, I did though, a, I did an outside ride like two days ago um, near Utah Lake in Provo uh-huh. where I, I almost, for like two and a half hours, I almost averaged like 21 miles an hour. And I was working. I was working hard to try to average that. It was yep. totally flat, very little bit climbing. Uh, you know, two and a half hours, I averaged about 20 miles an hour. I get on Zwift. And at like 115 heart rate, I can average 26 if I'm in a group. Yep. <laughs> well, granted, that's in a group. But if you'd taken that yeah. same um, power profile and that you did outside and you somehow like put that into Zwiftland and let it kind of run through its thing, you're going to come back with a speed probably closer to 25 miles an hour with no drafting. You know? Yeah, correct. That, that, yeah. That's just something that's kind of off that they need to figure out fix whatever and then like evan alluded to the other thing for me is like bike handling people just are not getting the yeah. bike handling skills that they need so well um, and and even as a climber too i can't believe i just call i'm i'm sure that sepkus would roll his eyes at me calling myself a climber in any way any actual climber would roll their eyes at that but like for me i whip the bike around a lot and use the road as a climber quite a bit yeah we cannot do that on the trainer so for me, climbing uh, in Zwift world is much, much harder than climbing outdoors. I, I really, really like climbing outdoors. You can use your body a lot more. There's a, there's a certain cadence to up and in and out of the saddle. There's a little bit more upper body use. On the trainer, that bike is locked in. You are, yep. It is purely sit down, put the watts out, get up out of the saddle when it gets really steep. But I genuinely think climbing outside is easier than it is on Zwift. Gotcha. I, yeah. I agree. Um, how about some pros? Do you guys have some pros for this? Like, what is it that keeps you coming back? Why do you keep your subscription rolling? I love the fact that no matter what, I can get my ride in for the day. Yes. It, it's, it's, it's always there. And it, and for me, it's engaging much more than just sitting on the trainer and staring at nothing or, or staring at the brick wall like Evan does or, um, <laughs> or watching a movie. Or old Tour de France DVDs like I used to on my old kinetic fluid trainer. There you go. Yeah, for me, it was a pretty low bar, actually. Uh, what I was doing before was kinetic trainer uh, during Ohio winters, and I would watch the same Tour de France stages over and over again for a decade. And as soon as YouTube came around on the TVs, and then all of a sudden Smart Trainers is whiff for a thing, it was incredible. Like, for me, it's great. I could sit there for five, six hours and be fully entertained on Zwift. Nice. I'm a pretty low bar. Would you guys put the gamification of Zwift under a pro or a con? Like with the, you get the uh, little drips so you can take those and you can upgrade bikes and componentries. Um, there's challenges that you can unlock new bikes. You can get, mm-hmm. um, you know, different levels. And levels, you, yeah. And w- they open up different things. Do you guys enjoy the gamification component of Zwift? I know people that I don't do. care about it. I don't, yeah. You cared about know. your... We say we don't care about it, but like I noticed, I just bumped up to level 30. I can't even remember if it's 33 or 34. Uh but like, you know, it was like on the 99th day of our challenge, I was like, you know what? That's something, right? It's yeah. like, it's better than having some gamification is better than not having it. 
Yeah, because I because I would it'd be cool to make it to fifty. I still don't know how to get the Tron bike. You have to like sign up for something. I'm not oh sure yeah, I need to do that, that too. The Mount Everest challenge or whatever yeah, the I climbing think you have to challenge. Sign up for it. You have to sign up, and it doesn't retroactively go back and look at all the, I know, that's the elevation gains. So yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I think we all figured that one out. Kind of hard. Like, hey, wait a second, how did that person get that bike? Oh, you got to go sign up for a thing, and you go sign up, and you're like, oh my god, this is gonna take me forever. And yeah. it, it, it took me like four or five months to get that, but okay. that was the only thing it, that was gamified within do, Zwift I'll that I cared about. On Alpha Zwift. Yeah. <laughs> it took me like two years, Jake, to get the Tron bike. Yeah, I changed my habits on Zwift when I was using it. When I was coming through my rehab. Yeah. phase from when i got hit by the car i changed the routes that i was doing the amount of climbing was was paramount to me like that was like the a number one thing is like all right what route am i doing and how much elevation gain am i gonna get and how much am i gonna chip away at this stupid thing because i want yeah. that stupid bike and i look back on it and i'm like that's kind of dumb but at the same time it was fun it mm-hmm. was engaging so i yeah. mean that component i think is fun now the fact that somebody sat on there and they've they've put in the time and they've gone and done a, a crap ton of climbing, I don't know if it necessarily made them stronger, but they end up getting a better bike out of it. And people have actually gotten popped for the racing that really? happens if they somehow come across or they get that, that Tron bike without going out there and earning it themselves. So there are people oh, that have been... popping people for that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So that in itself is going to give you an inherent advantage. So like if you jump on and you don't have your Tron bike and I jump on and I have my Tron bike, I have an automatic advantage. Yeah. Now in the real world, yeah, you know, somebody could go out and have like a $10,000 race bike and yeah. you show up with like your, you know, three or $4,000 race bike. Yeah. There's probably going to be a little bit of a weight difference there. There's yeah. going to be a few advantages. So I guess that kind of happens in the real world. But do you think that that's something that should skew the way that a race is going to finish in Zwift because you have one bike and another person doesn't? Well, it makes me mad because on this Saturday morning, when it's everybody's on some elite bike or Tron bike, and I'm just getting spit out the back every time we hit a descent because <laughs> apparently the Tron bike descends decently well. But all those bikes have benefits, and there's not from the rankings I've seen, there's not one that's like way significantly better because even the Tron bike does not climb as well as the like the Madone, which is way yeah, which is not as valuable of a bike. You're just looking at an all rounder. That's gonna be your best all round yeah. bike, but there are yeah. b- bikes that are more specific to time trialing or exactly. descending or climbing. And that's and that's where it gets tough because if you're you know racing a time trial race and you jump on one of the better Zwift time trial bikes, yeah, yeah. No clear advantage just right off the bat, yeah. you know. I don't think they're mapping your aero position either on the bike. I'm pretty sure it's. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're taking a look at you in the arrows. You can basically sit as upright as you wanted and, and yeah. power away. Any other pros, you guys? Things that you really take away from Zwift that you like a lot? I can I can say that I know that my wife and a group of her friends who are all getting you know pretty firmly entrenched in this whole like uh, you know wanting to do triathlon stuff, mm-hmm. and even some of them are like like didn't even knew, know that they liked cycling have gotten on and they've, they've started to cycle on Zwift quite a bit and they're starting to talk about wanting to do some bike racing. I think that that's pretty awesome, but mm-hmm. just, it, I think it makes the transitional process for somebody that's maybe a little bit nervous about a getting on a bike in mm-hmm. general. Um, they don't have to do, they can do it from the confines of their own home. There, there's something like that's kind of safe about that. They don't have to go out there mix it up with traffic. They don't have to worry about bike counting skills. Yep. They can just develop their engine um, and know that, you know, that they can start to take little bites out of those other things as they go, but they're still going to get their training in as opposed to like, all right, well, the only way you're going to get faster on a road bike is to go out and ride on the road. Well, you know, this time of year, it's kind of hard for them. Like my wife's not going to necessarily going to want to go out all of the time and ride, or she's not going to get up. She does a lot of her training first thing in the morning. So she's sometimes on there at five thirty in the morning riding and she's mm-hmm. not going to go do that outside. So no. she's falling in love with the, the, 
the sport of cycling. And I think that Zwift is making it be an easy transition for her to do mm-hmm. that, which makes me happy. And now that she can go outside on like the weekends when the weather's nice and go ride with her friends, or even when it was crappy like this past weekend, she's out there and she's got the strength to be able to do the rides. And then she'll start to develop those other small things, whereas she probably yeah. wouldn't have done that without the, the likes of Zwift. Yeah. I think, I think that's the biggest pro from Zwift is being able to build an engine where you can go outside and actually enjoy rides. Cause yeah. like we know, it's not that enjoyable to get dropped in a group ride no. it's not everybody's got to go through that and take your licks but it's not that enjoyable so if you're able to build during a winter where there's less of that risk of you getting dropped and lost outside or hit by a car then yeah it's it's definitely worthwhile to to build that engine where you can go and enjoy group rides once the weather's nice gotcha any other pros you guys want to throw out there real quick before we move on lance you got something yeah i'm back okay no. Nope. Okay, let, let's talk about what is missing from the platform. What do they need to do to make this better, more valuable, and more enjoyable? Do you guys have anything you want to toss out there, Matt? You got anything that you think that they're missing? So I think all of us agree that Watopia is the best like world. So yeah. they have these different worlds in Zwift where you can go, and if you're not familiar with the product, but... We all think that that Watopia is the best by far. It's not even close, right? Correct. I think that they need a a competitor to Watopia that's something decent, some sort of like second world that's as good or very close to as good as Watopia. And they, I don't think they're heading that direction. The direction that they're heading is like, well, we're going to do France, which is fine. We're going to do New York in the future, which is not great. And it's like they're they're trying some different things, but like just make another island if you need to, but like make yeah. something interesting. Um, what about so just expanding upon Watopia, making Watopia even bigger, more diverse? And they that's you know it sounded like that's what their plan is. Yeah, it's just um, which is great. That's fine. I just think, man, I would love to see. And don't uh, do anything like space wise. You know, God, if they come out, it's like. Mars racing is like oh god that's gonna suck if they do some like space course or something no, like not that. Not for nothing. I kind of get that, like that gimmicky vibe course. from the New York thing where you're riding around on like yeah, space like, translucent like, bridges and stuff like that. Yeah. Now the the park perimeter loop I think is a good one. Uh, yeah. All, yeah. Everything else there I, I'm just like not it's not my thing. Yeah. The park perimeter loop is really cool. I've done a couple races on that one. That one's fun. Yeah. But no, I think I think they need to do a genuine. They have some cobbled stuff, but I think it'd be really cool if they actually like tried to map out like a tour of Flanders type course or something like that. Like yeah. short. Well, and the Richmond course kind of does that where it's got that, you know, two steep cobbled climbs right there. But you know, a couple more courses like that would be cool. I think consensus is that Richmond's the worst course on there though. Right. It's yeah. a brutal course. That course sucks. That's like <laughs> racing on Richmond is terrible because you hit that one, like let's say between a 60 and 90 second VO two max effort you go down the little hill, and then you hit like a forty-second like all-out effort. Yeah. You go down that hill, and then you got a steady climb to the finish. It is an awful like progress. It's just absolutely the land painful. itself, though. It's not very well attended when it's one of the options that's up there. So no, because that, because that's a terribly hard now, progression. I think London is probably, in my opinion, number two. London's that's the, cool. That's yeah. the second best. But it's a, a far back second place. But it's probably the most diverse for all of the other lands uh, with Watopia being set aside. Would you guys agree about that? Yeah, I think I think London and, I mean, some people really like New York. I hate New York because this climbs are a little bit too steep. But yeah, uh, London's cool. Okay. France, France has, 
France has potential. I haven't, I haven't figured out France's routes yet. I haven't done enough France riding. Yeah. France seems to be pretty interesting, though. All right. Um, it seems to me like they're just going like event by event. Like, where's the world championships? We'll make a course yeah. for that. And yeah, they're like not Hansbrook. really thinking about yeah. like what would make the best course, regardless of where the world championships are this year. You know, in Watopia, that's what they're doing. They're saying like, this is the best, coolest course, weirdest stuff that we can put in there to make it fun to like travel through. Gotcha. And then the rest of the courses are just like yeah look at us we're doing something that's similar to some race that's on the internet but i i don't know i just like to see them take some of those other worlds a little bit further and rethink like why they're interesting yeah you want to make people want to jump on those too because you don't want to go on and then everybody like a vast majority of people are in watopia and it doesn't feel crowded but there's just a lot of people there in general but it would be kind of nice if they just kind of spread it out so it wasn't so lopsided i guess um in terms of things that are missing they've had this out in beta for some time but it still hasn't really gone anywhere but the clubs having the ability to have a club so that people can join a club or make it more simplistic for people on clubs to go set up their club on zwift and so that they can put together club rides i think that that would be fantastic i it would be so much easier than telling people like all right we're doing our tuesday night ride you have to go on there you have to follow me i don't want to make it sound like i'm trying to just get followers but that's the only way that i can send you an invite yeah and then like once you follow me then we'll connect and then i then i've got to go through and i've got to select all the names of all the people that are following me to know that i'm going to send them an invite it would be nice just to say hey go on join our club we'll send out an invite to everybody and period that's done you don't have to go through all these little hoops of telling people how they can connect or be a part of that ride Mm -hmm. it just they need to make that more streamlined more simplistic yeah i agree it would be cool if they did like your if you could you know if you had a club you could also have like a club jersey as well i mean that would be fantastic like all of us would i feel like all of us would use that not just us but like almost i bet like 90 percent of the people inside of Swift, and maybe they won't do that because they want to sell jerseys or have their they have their little like point system i don't know they used to do it in the beginning for the first couple years you had to have i think it was something like eight or ten people that were from a particular club had to be joined members and then you sent in your artwork to them they would upload that into the system and they would give you a code so that you could go in there and send that to your people to you know be able to set you up with a particular jersey um they stopped doing that just because the platform grew to quickly but that's why the likes of like the odz guys i think they're the cracking club or whatever it is that it is that they use they had odz jerseys on there for a long time and there was other clubs that had them as well yeah there's quite a few of the other professional clubs yeah Yeah. so that's one of those things that would be nice if you could maybe just upload artwork and create some sort of engine that would create that for you i don't know i think that'd be kind of neat yeah yeah, that would be neat to see matt um what else do you guys think is missing I think I talked about this earlier, but a way to communicate instead of their archaic um, way to type in a little message that you can't really see who it comes from. It goes out to everybody using Zwift. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pain in the butt. Both voice chat and and a better chat system, right? Yeah. 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 It'd be nice to have that for those meetups for sure. Competition. They need some sort of way to like certify things on there and i don't know how you do that that's a, a big thing but knowing that that's you're complicated knowing that your trainer's properly calibrated uh, you know maybe there's some sort of way that the trainer can speak to um the the program a little bit more i guess 
competently to say that it needs to be calibrated or that it's calibrated to, to this degree. Um, that would be nice because um, there's definitely some stuff that can go on there that can skew race results. Um, I don't, how do, how do you guys figure out like what people actually weigh? How do you, how do you get around that bit? I know that if they're doing pro racing, you have to have some sort of a, a like a, a weigh in, but what would be a way that we could set this up so that people can get weighed? And if, if you're doing like a group up or group ride or some sort of just amateur race on there, it'd be nice to know that you know, like I'm racing against, you know, whoever like Evan I'm looking across the table he's a bad mm-hmm. example though because if I make him make any way any less it's gonna be a, a, nothing but you know I want to know that I'm racing against Evan Price who weighs 155 not Evan Price who weighs 135 yeah no absolutely and that's actually uh I I just adjust so like my summer weight I had at like four pounds less and I just adjusted to off-season weight just assuming that I always hang around the yeah. same number um I don't know. That'd be a lot for the Zwift. Like you'd have to probably like send in a picture or something like that, and then they'd have to verify the date of the picture. You'd have to, yeah. There, 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 there'd be a lot with that. Yeah, I know you, that there are smart scales. You could do out there. the digital scale stuff and have that connect to Zwift, but I mean, to be honest, like any of these things can be cheated or adjusted. So, yeah. Yeah, ego's a funny thing. When uh, yeah. left to their own devices, people are going to do what they can to um, yeah, inflate that ego a little bit. So, and that's—I mean, it's just like you know, at the end of the day, I know me and me and NATO joked about this. Is like you're just cheating yourself. And at that point, yeah. like, if you're going to jump in one of these races and you're going to, you know, say like, "Oh man, my 20-minute power is like 5.5 watts per kilo," and then you're like, "Oh, but your weight is 15 pounds more than you actually weigh." Okay, then as soon as we get out on the road, yeah, we're going to really see. Yeah, exactly. That's why I love Strava KOMs, is because you know. A, a hill KOM is really not going to lie what your weight is like, yeah. you know, I like, you know, uh, Livingston or large mountain around here has not gotten any less steep since I last checked. So yeah. that's, I think that, you know, if you're in an a race, what I found is a lot of the a races, a lot of those guys weighing those races do some of the professional races. So those guys are weight checked frequently. So when I'm in an A race, if I, and I'm getting dropped, I'm pretty convinced. I'm like, yeah, I'm just getting dropped here, gotcha. which, yeah, it makes me feel a little bit better. Group workouts, I think, would be kind of a neat thing, too. Like, if we all wanted to jump on there and do, like, a group workout uh, of sorts where we didn't all get, like, separated or somehow we're able to regroup a little bit more. Because if we do a workout right now and, like, we're going to go do, like, a 20-minute threshold, there's going to be a lot of dropping that's going to happen there. So it would be nice to have some sort of a group workout function on there where it kept everybody yeah. somewhat together without using that, that rubber band thing that yeah. absolutely sucks yeah. um I right. think that'd be trainer cool. road has that trainer road has a group workout feature and it's cool right so i mean it would make sense for zwift to do the same thing like yeah maybe not rubber band but like you're doing similar like jake and i couldn't do a workout together but we they could make it happen where we kind of stick together a little bit like if jake puts in a mega effort then he moves ahead of me a little bit and uh, but ultimately we start each rep together or Correct. something like that. I think they could do it. Yeah. Now the trainer road one is more of like, just like a, a zoom call looking at each other yep. and, and each other's power numbers. You're not like, you're not seeing like how much somebody's pulling ahead of you. I, I don't know. I just right. think that, yeah. Cause they don't have anything like that, any sort of pulling ahead, but that, you know, but you do have a bit of social aspect to those workouts. And if you're, you know, coaching a group of athletes or something like that, having those yeah. group workouts makes a lot of sense. Yep, yep, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about Zwift moving forward. They've got some pretty big ambitions here, and I think they're, I think they're kind of looking at uh, Peloton across the the table over there, quietly saying, "Oh, they're you know they're doing their own thing. They're their own, you know." company and they, they've got their own people that they're catering to, but they're also looking at the need to want to continue to grow their company. 
I think that, and and they're they've outwardly said that they're going to build and uh, come up with their own hardware program. And ultimately, if people are going to go out and buy a Zwift bike, and then they're going to start using the Zwift platform, and they're going to start using Zwift workouts, they're kind of trying to take a page out of the Peloton book. Do you think that they'll be successful with that? Because Peloton right now is just a behemoth. I I didn't realize how big of a company they were until I started reading through this article, but they're per quarter coming out with or making 243,000 bikes per quarter. And those bikes are about $2,000-ish a pop. And they've right now have a one to two month waiting list on those. So they're obviously putting a lot of people on bikes and they're growing their platform significantly. Um, you know, once they get you on the bike, they've got you hooked into the membership. And, and so they're kind of getting you on both fronts. Do you think that Zwift has the capacity to go in and do something like that? And how would it change the the whole platform so that, um, you know, going forward, is this a place where like competitive cyclists are going to want to go? Or is this going to be more pretty much just like trying to cater to the, uh, the enthusiast who's just trying to get fit? What do you guys think? I think, I think, um, Peloton is a super interesting platform because like you talk about, yes, they're moving a ton of bikes. The people that are on Peloton are absolutely obsessed um, they don't seem to be the same type of cyclist that, you know, uh, a Zwifter is like those people are probably more likely to ride on the road a lot of the time. And then occasionally ride on Zwift, whereas Peloton, it's like, they don't own a bike. They just own a Peloton and they do their indoor Peloton workout, right? It's like spin versus, I don't know, indoor training. I don't think I described that well, but, um, I wonder if there's a bridge there where it's like, hey, can we take these Peloton people and take the next step of like, you like Peloton, why don't you try stepping outside and going for a little ride? There's seems like there's real potential there. Uh, we all know Zwift is, you know, making their own, you know, indoor bike piece because there's money to be made there. And it makes a lot of sense for them to do that. I think that's a clearly a real negative for all of us, but um, it's the direction that they'll definitely head. Gotcha. Don't disagree. I would, I think it'll be interesting. I'm hoping that it, it, it is something that they do. And I hope that for positivity towards the cycling community, it pulls people away from Peloton on being on a quote unquote spin bike and getting into more of like a, a cycling um, atmosphere and that it would hopefully kind of push those buttons to get those persons to want to think about like, all right, well, I really enjoy this. I enjoy riding on this bike and I can also take this bike outside. So maybe I need to go outside and ride and connect with other people out there and, and grow the cycling community as a whole. So I'm really hoping that that's kind of the direction that it goes. I'm just kind of curious to see how they're going to make this work though. Yeah. I think overall it just becomes this, this question of, you know, how do we continue to promote cycling and people getting into the sport from, from team perspectives and not just, you know, I, I see benefit with people using Peloton for exercise, but if it only leads to people just staying indoors and doing their 30 minute exercise, I don't think that's good for the, the fitness community overall. I think that that continues this de-socialization, which I don't think is good long-term. I think, I think you'll see almost similar to, we see big boom and bust in the fitness industry when you're talking about January and February and Mar you know, Jake knows this very personally is, I, I think it's people that lack that socialization aspect of when they get into the gym and they're like, I'm going to do this this year. 
And if that only lasts January, my opinion is it's not that that person gave up or, you know, was soft or anything like that or any of those old adages. I think it's that they didn't find the right social network to yeah. keep them motivated. Yeah, absolutely. So if Peloton is only just this really expensive thing that you buy or if Zwift is just this expensive monthly thing that you buy, but you never connect socially with it. Yeah. I, I think the staying power is going to be pretty, pretty low, yeah. you know, for, for most people. You'll find that 10% of the people I'll yeah. stay with it no matter what. But. Here's a question for Lance then on that same note is, Lance, are you going to stay as immersed in the cycling community as you are if you don't have racing, if you don't have an uh, indoor racing platform, if you don't have other people to connect with, if you don't have a team? If you're just, just Lance, you don't know anybody else and you've got a bike, are you still going to ride your bike the same way that you do? Uh, probably. Probably? I probably would still, yeah, I probably would still ride quite a bit, but... I don't think I'd be nearly as if I didn't have racing and I didn't have teammates and I didn't have teams I'm trying to be with. I, I wouldn't be as committed for sure. Be far more recreational. You probably would have a fraction of the hours and you wouldn't have. Yes. Near the, the, the edge that you have and you're not going to push yourself. I mean, you probably wouldn't have made half the, the life decisions that you've made, like with respect to like how you eat, how you sleep and how you yes. rest and train all, all these things just kind of go out the window when you don't have that connectivity. Correct. Yeah, that's true. Cool. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like I was, I was pretty big into some of this indoor stuff before Zwift existed um, I actually did train a road for a while. Yep. Uh, train a road is predates Zwift, uh, for those of you guys that don't know that. Um, but, and, and it was all like, Hey, how, how do you get faster? And training indoors in the winter was a way to do that. Uh, it wasn't social. There wasn't social stuff, um, associated with that at all. It was, um, wanting to be competitive in triathlon. So, and triathlon is such an individual yep. sport. So I don't know. That's why I wanted to compare and contrast the two of you because you're a little bit more, I'm not going to say that you're the total lone wolf, but from a triathlete perspective, you guys do a lot more stuff individually. Like, oh. what is it? Um, the lone wolf. You guys are part of my lone wolf pack. <laughs> <laughs> pack of lone wolves. What is that from? It's from... Uh, hangover. Uh, the uh, hangover, hangover when he's, yeah, yeah, when he's the trying hangover. to do the speech. When he's trying to do the speech <laughs> yeah. at his, like, bachelor party. <laughs> he's like, and then my pack gained two. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. This is just because Matt doesn't have friends, though, so he's a really bad example of this, you know? Yeah, I'm a pretty bad example. Yeah. <laughs> Any last little thoughts or input or, like, just two cents on, on Zwift in general? So, so Lance, the, the world champion of Zwift, would you call that person a world champion, and do you think that they would be allowed to wear a world champion UCI jersey? No, well, oh. <laughs> they, they can wear whatever virtual jersey they want. I don't care what jersey they wear virtually. I do. But. I do wonder if so the the Zwift World Championship. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's a UCI event now. Interesting. And I wonder if they get. I wonder if they get sent a World Championship jersey. Probably. I mean, that's an accomplishment. Oh, it's a ma it, it, after having done a year now of Zwift racing, whoever wins that race, in my opinion, is mind blowing. Like, yeah. that's insanely fit. So long as they can verify that everything is yeah. on They've an got evil, a lot of verification even for that level now. playing ground, I'm mm -hmm. all for that. But when you start talking about the amateur ranks of racing on Zwift and just being able to go on 
Tuesday night Zwift race. Oh, and just dominated uh, with like, yeah. yeah. Th- there's too many variables out there that are there just is. skewing everything. It's like, all right, well, why am I doing this? All right, well, yeah, maybe I'm getting a good workout out of it. But if I'm there for the competitive aspect of it, yeah, it, there's just yeah. isn't there's the value isn't there for me. I'd yeah. rather go chase down a Strava KOM or something like that. Yeah, yeah, way more fun, way more fun chasing chasing Strava KOMs, but. This is the with that championship too. It's it's interesting because I've looked at some of the guys who are competitive in that, and they're actually quite a few of them are like mountain bikers, like mountain bikers and cross guys. Like there's this guy named Sam Brandlin who's very very quick. I think he's a mount. He's like a very competitive mountain biker. Interesting. So it's interesting to see the people who excel at the virtual world aren't the ones you would think sometimes. They're not all the Lionel Sanders of the world. (laughs) How about you, Matt Lynch? You guys, any parting thoughts here on Swift? I mean, with all that money, I'd love I'd love to see them like. It don't raise the price anymore. My gosh. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, like I'd love to see them kind of say, hey, we're going to really roll out more features because that would help their user basis. The reality is they're going to use that money to try to attract more people to lock in. Right. Because, you know, that's what you do with investment money. Yeah, you'll invest some in development, but you're really looking at ways to lock in people. So that for them, I think, is like hardware um, that, you know, Peloton bike competitor because. That's going to raise their future stock prices if they if they do you know go with a, an IPO at some point, um, but yeah I I don't know I mean I kind of I, I love Zwift but I don't love Zwift that's my that's my parting thought <laughs> yeah it has its value for certain times of the year for sure so Lance any any parting thoughts from you bud I, for me it's just a necessary evil that uh that helps me keep my uh my motivation up i guess i i don't think i have anything more i'd love to see some big sweeping changes that make it better let's see what happens gotcha how about you evan i still enjoy it but you know if everything went away and it was just me and the fluid trainer again i'd figure it out so <laughs> yeah and then um we didn't really get into this but uh, you know ruby will just kind of say that uh, not really something that I'm interested in doing. I'm, I'm sure that you're not interested in Matt. I know that you had your video that came out about the black Friday stuff and you alluded to the fact that they were running some sort of a black Friday deal. They're the only yeah. one that I can think of. I think Tr- Sufferfest may have put something out there for a deal as well, but I know that there wasn't anything from the likes of trainer road oh, yeah, or Zwift. Sufferfest. Um, yeah. yeah. Sufferfest had some sort of deal with Wahoo. So Wahoo owns Sufferfest. Yeah. And I think it was like buy something from Wahoo and get Sufferfest for a year or something like that, which they're going to do a lot of those deals for yeah. sure in the future. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think um, there are a fair amount of like small Zwift competitors. Um, yeah, that Roby company is definitely one of them. I, I don't know. I feel like they're just getting started. I don't know if they're a world beater just yet. They've been um, around for a few years now, though. Yeah, but they've been in beta for a few years, which has been uh, free, and now they're charging people. Um, gotcha. So I think they're still kind of getting rolling with their product, uh, and I think it's good. I just think, you know, um, it's it doesn't feel quite as polished. And I think we'll see. I, you know, there's also a couple of other. You guys joked around earlier about like riding on Mars. There's actually uh, an app for riding on Mars, and it's called Soul. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen it, uh, but no. uh, you can go right on Mars. It looks kind of lame to me. Oh, I haven't thank really goodness. tested it, but it's out there. I mean, that's a big selling point to me is how many how many random planets can you build into a into a bike course, you know? Yeah, it just didn't look quite as good. I think there's a couple other things that are really interesting as well. Um, there's uh, like hacks for Grand Theft Auto where you can go ride a bike in that particular platform. And I just think like 
those particular engines, their gaming engines, are really interesting. So I don't know if another competitive company could come along and use a different gaming engine. That that would really put a little bit of um, of a compelling reason uh, to move away from Zwift, something like that. So we'll see. You know, I'm sure someone will do it. It's just a matter of if it'll take off or not. So I'm gotcha. sure if Grand Theft Auto came up with a really really good bike racing model that you could like, you know, shoot people yeah. on and do stuff like that, it would it would kill Zwift. <laughs> Zwift would be gone in four days. Well, that's the thing is like <laughs> that game itself is so massive, and the you know you have hundreds of developers working on a gaming engine. These are the best developers for games in the world. And Zwift is getting like the, you know, those gamer developers, like they're scraps. It's like, those guys are <laughs> scrubs. like, if you're, the best, scrubs. <laughs> if you're one of the best game developers in the world, you're going to go like try and do something with Grand Theft Auto. You're not going to go work at Zwift. Uh, those gaming engines are top notch. They take years to develop. And then what you can do with those gaming engines is amazing. Like, in fact, Zwift did this. They took a, a gaming engine and they developed their whole platform around it. But it's just old now. And so there's, there has been progress made on gaming engines. It's just a matter of building all the other parts, the cycling infrastructure, all the different worlds and things like that around a new gaming engine. So we that's just, the backstory on on that piece. We just lost uh, every Zwift game developer. Thanks, Matt. Every single one who's listening <laughs> to this right now was like, you know what? I did get that offer from Grand Theft Auto, and I chose Zwift instead because <laughs> yeah, right. They're, they're lying. They're only lying to themselves. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they just they're lost like, the I email. Been, they I just lost to be the a email. Game developer my whole life work at Zwift. <laughs> for Zwift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Gotcha. Cool. Unless you guys have anything else you want to add to this, um, I think that. We all like Swift. I don't know if we necessarily love it, but um, mm-hmm. it, it it's a for Lance. It's a necessary evil for me. I think it's a nice commodity to have. Um, mm-hmm. Evan gets his I use it a lot two cents <laughs> out of it, and Matt Matt likes it as much as he doesn't like it. And yeah, I think we're all on board with Swift. It would mm-hmm. be nice to see some uh, bells and whistles and features added to it. It would be nice to see a little bit more from them for the people that have been around for some time, so that they can continue to grow with the platform mm-hmm. and leverage it to help enhance the cycling community definitely my two cents on that so let's move on to one last thing lance let's let's go with you first so that if we do lose you um at least you did your one last thing lance's one last thing is that he's gonna break up and yeah we didn't get him he's frozen so lance hold that hopefully hold that thought hopefully we'll uh have you come back here in just a moment <laughs> Matt, anybody can can anybody decipher that I, I got nothing all right just hold on we'll we'll come back to you in a second <laughs> go ahead matt one last thing uh yeah i always post videos so um this past week's video i did the black friday thing which yeah uh might be dated by the time we get to wednesday i think some of those deals might be expired but i would go check it out anyway because you are it's always worth watching all my videos every single one of them you know, watch them in slow motion if you want to. Whatever you got to do, Some but you should awesome watch those cinematography videos. in there. Yes. Yeah, smash, watch it from the cinematography. Smash fact, that like Jake button. Jake was uh, holding the camera on some of those shots for sure that I used in the intro of that video. And pushing some joysticks on a, uh, a little drone there too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, got some drone shots. I've been using that same drone shot over and over again because I feel like out of you know we took a couple of drone shots. There's one that really turned out well, and that that's the one that I just keep using over and over again yeah. uh, in different ways in different videos. But um, but that and then uh, I'm currently like, you know, wearing the um, Wahoo Element Rival watch um, 
and uh, testing that. So I'll get that video out. It'll probably be another week or two before I have that video out. Cool. Uh, and uh, the that's from the the Dial Cycling Lab, of course. So you know, go support your local cycling lab. Cool, Mr. Price. One last thing. Uh, Matt sent me something that they're remeasuring Everest. So there's, <laughs> that was funny. there's a, there's a group of, of brave men and women who are going to go remeasure Everest. Apparently I have no idea how they measure, how they manually measure the, the, the elevation of a mountain. But, uh, it looks like everybody who did an Everest this last year is probably going to need to go back out and do a couple more laps. So I'm just, I'm just waiting for final word. And then, uh, uh, me and Matt will go back out there and I'll just, do half a lap on Forest Home to make up that 13 foot difference that they're going to come up with. I'm sure. You know, Evan, um, the what it looks like is that it's going to be lower, and I just wanted to like, oh, thank you goodness, know, just give you like the. I just told you it was going to be higher, just to kind of like give you a, a what's what, you know, kind of oh. give you a hard time. But okay, um, yeah, it looks like they had some sort of volcano, and they're worried about it being lower than it was before. Okay. So all those, maybe this, maybe all these extra laps that you did uh, were pointless. So, but, you know, I want, I want my money back then. That's, that's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do they get that measurement wrong? It seems like a really easy process to just measure how tall the largest mountain in the world is. <laughs> cool. My one last thing is going to be a question for all you guys. What did you buy for yourself on Black Friday or the ensuing weekend in Cyber Monday? Did you guys, did you guys go out and spend any money? Did you guys buy Cause the, nah, the internet really. sales in around the world were just like skyrocketed this year, like all new records everywhere. I want to know what you guys buy, Matt? What'd you buy? I got a couple things. I got, um, and you know, it's really bad. It's like I don't even remember like what I picked up. I did pick up a Castelli jacket that was super cheap. Cool. Um, I figured I would maybe buy gloves from Jake because I think you might actually have those in your shop. Got a bunch of them. Um, I picked up an Alexa, like the new whatever, like the new big one. I think it's called Alexa Studio. Yeah. Because um, our old Alexa pretty busted and old uh if i keep saying alexa then jake's whole like whole studio is gonna go crazy i think so <laughs> thankfully I've headphones that. on right now so she can't hear you otherwise she'd be yelling at me what do yeah. you want <laughs> cool um i'm trying to think of what else i got i don't think um not too much you know i can't think of much else that i picked up cool how about you lance lance is rocking it in arizona middle of nowhere <laughs> I can see him. I can kind of hear him, but I guess we're just not going to get a response from him. I, I, uh, I think, uh, oh, there he is. Go you ahead. can hear me. Yep. I go pro. Something GoPro. I don't uh, know. Uh, we'll have to get this from him later. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is exhilarating oh. stuff again. All right. I, I, I think I didn't really do too much damage to the old pocketbook. I did, um, re-up and purchase the premium uh, Training Peaks program because it was 25% off, so that was a pretty good deal. And um, I got... I'm, I'm looking at that right now, um, Jake, and considering it, I just don't know if I should pull the trigger. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm testing out training or Trainer Road right now, and I know that they've got great programs, and, and they are relatively straightforward, and they're pretty easy to, to build. I'm just going to go try it and see how I like it, but I might end up just sticking with 
training peaks and build my own programs. And then that's one of those things that we didn't get into with the Zwift thing. I can actually take those programs that I can push them easily into Zwift and just follow them there as opposed to, um, you know, Trainer Road, you can't do that. You can't push them into Zwift land and follow it there. You have to do the whole like dual thing at the same time, which is kind of a hassle. But uh, I think that I'm just going to end up sticking with training peaks, build my own program and follow that. And I can use it on Zwift or outdoors or wherever I find it to, to work best for me that particular day. So I think that that's going to be a pretty good setup. But I do think that Trainer Road has some pretty fantastic stuff. And I really like the fact that you can go in there and plug in a couple races and then just let it just go to town and build you a whole training program structured around what your A and your B races are. So kind of fun. All right, guys, I think that's it. Should be fun uh, listening to this in post. Uh, hopefully we can maybe cut out a little the the dead space in there but uh we really appreciate everybody listening i appreciate all you guys coming back for another podcast with me it's always fun to sit down with my buddies and and talk shop Uh, we will see you all next week until then bye for now